Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Uh, Today's topic is all about the magnesium miracle. I'm so very excited about today's show because my special guest is Dr. Carolyn Dean. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Dr. Carolyn Dean has been in the forefront of health issues for over 30 years and is the leading expert on magnesium. She is a medical doctor, a naturopathic doctor, herbalist, acupuncturist, nutritionist, an inventor who has authored and co-authored over 35 books, including The Magnesium Miracle. She is passionate about helping people of all ages achieve optimal health by taking a holistic approach to wellness. Uh, Dr. Dean, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Uh, Thank you very much, Dr. Carey. Good to be with you. You have been such a busy doctor over all of these years. I I have to say I'm a fan. No. (laughs) I'm a big fan. And um, gosh, everything that you've accomplished so far in your career um, is just, you know, thank you. Thank you for everything that you do. (laughs) Thank you. And and I I know we're talking about magnesium, and I do have to thank magnesium for – what I've been able to do in in such a complete widespread way because everything I look at, everything I research seems to have its basis in magnesium being a cofactor for, well, it turns out to be about 700 to 800 different enzymatic processes in the body. So magnesium has led me down this path to to look into just about every health issue and category, even even genetic mutations. They can be driven epigenetically by too much or too little of a nutrient. So I've learned so much since medical school about Uh, the way nutrients affect our body and it's very frustrating and distressing to see see medicine turn away from nutrients uh, nutrition and natural medicine and just do the drug approach and that's I think that's where we both sit on on the the cusp of this natural medicine revolution, which been it's been going on for decades, and and hopefully we're we're having some effect. But yes, that's um, a little thank you to you and to magnesium. Yeah, because you're you're so correct about that. Nobody, well, very few people at this point really talk about magnesium, and it's such a foundational mm. nutrient. 
And just Mm -hmm. as you said, you and I, when we're sitting in our medical training, a lot of the physiology of the body is reliant Mm -hmm. on magnesium. And so, Mm -hmm. and so that's why I wanted to have you on today. So how do people become magnesium deficient and why isn't magnesium deficiency more well known? Mm. Uh, The how is that we're supposed to get it in our plant foods and, and the animals that eat those plants. But, um, uh, Industrial agriculture, big agri, has farmed the soils so deeply that there there's not much um, magnesium left. There can be other minerals, but you can look at uh, statistics from different uh, um, agriculture departments. A uh, hundred years ago, we would get maybe 500 milligrams of magnesium in our daily diet. Now we're lucky to get 200 milligrams. And what we haven't said yet is magnesium, um, the way it works on the nerves and the muscles and the physiology of the body means that if you don't have enough magnesium, you start having even heart palpitations, leg cramps, you can get migraine headaches, you can get esophageal spasms, you can get spasms of your stomach that make you think you have heartburn. It got, any muscle or nerve in the body is affected. So as we've developed this magnesium deficiency over the decades, we've developed all these magnesium deficiency symptoms. I've listed 65 in um, the latest edition of my Magnesium Miracle Book, 65 conditions can be misdiagnosed as horrible diseases and you're given all kinds of drugs with side effects because doctors were never trained in using nutrients in medical school. So doctors aren't trained, it's not in the soil, doctors keep saying, oh, just eat a good diet and you'll be fine. And the why... um, In medicine, they don't use the proper testing for magnesium. They use a serum test in the blood serum, uh, in the blood that's flowing through your veins. You You put that dipstick needle in your vein and only 1% of the total body magnesium is in that vein. And that 1% has to protect the heart. The heart's one big muscle. If you don't have enough, enough magnesium, it goes into spasm. So the serum magnesium is always uh, itself dipping into the magnesium stores in the muscles and the bones to make sure the heart is always perfused with magnesium. And the heart symptoms are, I'm going to say, the last to form. And and that it seems to be the case with my clients and customers. We people tell us, well, you know, maybe 30 years ago I started to have magnesium deficiency. I developed some anxiety and some leg cramps and twitching and and Charlie horse leg cramps and migraines and and I couldn't swallow properly and then I developed heart palpitations. So it seems it hits certain. Well, it hits everybody different, Dr. Carey, but um, they all seem to have this common history of uh, increasing symptoms of magnesium deficiency that doctors are completely baffled to diagnose properly. So as you were saying, magnesium affects basically every body system, all parts of the body. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Right. And... uh, And let me just throw this in. It it starts with energy. 
the Krebs cycle that creates ATP, the energy molecule, six of the eight steps require magnesium. So if, if you're deficient in magnesium, that slows right down. And no matter how many kind of esoteric, expensive supplements you take to throw in there, oh, this is a Krebs cycle product, you must take it. Well, if, you do, if you're not saturated totally with magnesium, you're, it's, it's hopeless to, um, to create energy from packets that just don't have magnesium. And then um, I was also going to say, if we add on top of this uh, medication that many different (gasps) medications deplete magnesium and just make it all worse. Absolutely. And um, what I came across, um, it's a few years ago, I put it in my my Magnesium Miracle book years ago, uh, in order to make um, drugs more powerful, they started to put fluoride in our drugs. And people aren't aware of that. And the fluoride drugs are are the most common ones, the ones we hear about all the time. And and they'll be the the um, cholesterol drugs, the statins, Prozac. They'll be the uh, antibiotic Cipro. And I think it was Cipro that really opened my eyes Um Ciprofloxacin is a fluoride antibiotic, and one of the black box warnings is that it can cause tendon rupture. Now, this is very serious, and it happens in all age groups. Athletes will get so depleted of their minerals and magnesium from all their sweating, and they just replace it with, you know, Gatorade, which is sugar and and salt. Uh, they'll get so depleted, they'll get weak, they'll have a cold, they'll get a antibiotic, and all of a sudden they're having tendon pain and even tendon rupture, which is very hard to recover from. And um, what happens in the body is um, these drugs will be broken down in the intestines by the trillions of, of um, organisms in, in the uh, intestines, you know, good and bad bacteria. That's their job, to break down drugs. And in the test tube, that may not happen, so doctors aren't aware that this fluoride could be running around in your body. Fluoride binds with magnesium to make an insoluble compound called magnesium fluoride. And some of it can deposit in your tendons and your bones. It's a brittle substance. So you have a magnesium deficiency caused by the fluoride being um, binding up the magnesium and you can start getting muscle spasms, and the spasms can pull your tendons, which may be a bit brittle because of this magnesium fluoride deposit. It's an incredibly important um, uh, piece of information for chiropractors to know because I tell people, please try not to use Cipro, but if they do, start taking a lot of magnesium. People say, oh, maybe I should stop magnesium because it's just going to be bound up by fluoride. But you, at least you'll bind that fluoride up and, and have a chance of eliminating it. Then you keep using the magnesium to heal the problem. So what I kind of hear you saying is um, magnesium has impacts on multiple body systems, especially... Um, 
muscles, ligaments, tendons, nerve tissue. So, yeah. so for the listeners out there, um, any of you suffering with chronic recurrent pain conditions and like you keep seeing your chiropractor, you keep seeing your physio, you keep seeing the osteopath, the Mm -hmm. acupuncturist, it it could be in your best interest to try some magnesium that might be what's preventing you from getting to that next level of health. Does that, does that make sense, Dr. Carolyn? Absolutely. And, and prevent, yes, it's preventing you because it is, it, you're supposed to have magnesium. It's supposed to be in our food. I say magnesium is like food that we're not getting anymore. And, um, if, if you're, as I said, saturated with magnesium, you give your body, um, its best chance to, to heal. It's a structure and function problem with magnesium deficiency. And that structure and function problem is being treated with drugs that then can can cause side effects. You know the scenario. People are under stress. They go for their physical and their blood pressure is elevated. And maybe it's a bit elevated because of white coat syndrome and usually is. And, you know, some new doctor or nurse practitioner says, oh, well, I think it's time you went on blood pressure medications. So instead of looking at stress and Instead of even thinking about magnesium, you're on a blood pressure medication, usually a diuretic. You're you're draining your body of potassium. That's well known. You're told, oh, eat your bananas, drink your orange juice. But you're not told that magnesium is being eliminated just as badly, but it's not being tested for. Uh, Just sidebar here, magnesium is not even on our electrolyte panels. So you're... yeah, no, you're losing mag- <laughs> magnesium. You come back to the doctor to see how you're doing. Your blood pressure is worse because your magnesium is is wor- more deficient. So, oh my gosh, we just caught it in time. Your high blood pressure, as if you know that's going to happen to everybody. Your high blood pressure. So you're put on a calcium channel blocker. Now we haven't talked about that. Maybe that's the next topic because when you have too much calcium, you bounce your magnesium. So they know to block calcium but they don't realize magnesium is the best calcium channel blocker and maybe an ACE inhibitor so you're on three drugs now a couple months later you have to get blood tests to make sure the drugs aren't affecting your your blood and lo and behold your cholesterol is suddenly elevated and your blood sugar is elevated and both of those conditions are affected by magnesium deficiency one of the markers for diabetes is low magnesium and cholesterol the enzyme that uh, balances cholesterol either helps you make it or breaks it down is governed by magnesium so then you have to go on a statin drug and then you have to go on a um, drug for diabetes and you're called a heart patient. And the the horrible fact of the matter is now on your five or six drugs, you are on your way to having heart failure because all those drugs continue to drain your magnesium. And so let's let's dive into that a little bit because um, the calcium issue, because this question comes up a lot. And, yeah. And a lot of people have this question about taking calcium, should it be balanced with magnesium? Is it like a one-to-one balance, two-to-one, one-to-two? Oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. so many questions. Mm-hmm. Do you want to comment on any of that? Oh, yeah, that's real important. I do talk a lot about this in, in various writings. And 
What happened decades ago is a, a French physician said never, never go above two, two parts calcium to one part magnesium in your diet, water, or supplements. He was setting this cutoff. It, it kind of got mistranslated that people thought, oh, we have to take twice the calcium as magnesium. And if you look at supplements, most of them say that. Some of them are waking up. Uh, it should be more like a one-to-one -one as you, you started with. But the amount is more like 600 milligrams of both instead of our RDA that talks about 1,200 to 1,500 milligrams. In the UK and at the World Health Organization, their um, RDA or whatever they recommend is 500 to 700 milligrams of calcium. And you can get 600 milligrams of calcium in a good diet, but it usually has to include uh, dairy products. And um, magnesium, the RDAs of magnesium, more like three to 400 milligrams, that's way too low. So we've gotten into a situation where 1,500 milligrams of calcium, 300 milligrams of magnesium. So we're constantly... Um, stressing our magnesium to try to keep calcium in solution in the body. And when you, your magnesium can't um, put your calcium in solution, it precipitates in your arteries. So what have we got? We've got uh, coronary artery disease and heart attacks. We've got carotid artery blockage and strokes. We've got kidney artery calcification. And in an epidemic of kidney disease, all caused by calcium buildup in the wrong places. And the treatment, what is the treatment? They've gone so surgical now because there's no drug that can get rid of calcium, whereas magnesium does a great job. Thank you so much for explaining that. And let's kind of circle back to the testing aspect because this question comes up a lot too with patients. So again measuring mm. serum mm. magnesium is a very poor indicator of your magnesium status because it's an electrolyte and your body will do whatever it takes to keep mm -hmm. you alive and to try and keep that number in the normal range. And so if your ma yes. serum magnesium level is low, you're probably in the hospital or about to go into the hospital because mm -hmm. it's that bad. Are there any other tests that you recommend as a more accurate way to measure magnesium or, or do you just start supplementing and, and see how the patient responds? Well, magnesium is the safest um, nutrient to supplement. If you're taking, quote, too much, you'll get the laxative effect. Uh, the test that I've been recommending for the past several years is the magnesium RBC test, magnesium red blood cell test. It's um, more accurate than serum, but uh, the problem with magnesium RBC is that the red blood cells do not uh, harbor mitochondria and it's in the mitochondria where you have that Krebs cycle that I talked about that makes energy yes. so that's where all the magnesium it shoots into the mitochondria yes. to activate those six out of the eight steps so 
because it doesn't have mitochondria, it's just going to take some magnesium that it gets from the serum and maybe concentrate it, but it has a broader range. It used to be three point, uh, what was it, four point two to six point five. Now, eighty percent of the population is magnesium deficient. So I tell people, well, no, no. If you have a four point two, you're still in the deficient bucket. You've got to be up around six <laughs> um, because you don't want to be average together. What lab tests do, what labs do, is they'll just take an average of the people that walk through their door and tell you, oh, well, this is the average of the population. 80% of people are magnesium deficient. You want to be in the top 80th percentile, uh, the top 20% that are that have good magnesium. Now, what happened uh, maybe just two years ago, they changed the ranges from 3.8 to 6.5 or 6.8. The 3.8 means that they're measuring people with lower and lower magnesium RBC results. So... As we get sicker, the levels are going to go lower, and doctors are going to say they're normal. It's just horrifying. The research test that I'm trying to get people aware of is called the ionized magnesium test. You want the ions of magnesium, the ones that are going to get into your cells, the size that's going to get into your cells, to be measured to see how many of those you have so that you know they're working inside your cells to do their job. I haven't heard of that one, an ionized magnesium test. Mm-hmm. Well, the, there's uh, 50 of the 5,000 labs in the U.S. Mm-hmm. do the ionized magnesium test, and it's mostly for research. And I have not come across anyone doing magnesium research with ionized magnesium testing in Canada. Um and it is hard to get the magnesium RBC test in Canada as well. So, uh, but it it is being done, and it's it's a help. But as we, as I said to start off, and and you, I'm sure you agree, magnesium is safe for people to experiment with. So start. Uh, start slowly taking magnesium and see how you feel. Prove to yourself that it's helpful for you. And so that's a that's a good kind of segue because I wanted to ask you about the different forms of magnesium. Yeah. Right, right. Yes, um, you know, some people will be on a whole cupboard full of medications and you tell them, well, you should take some magnesium. They'll say, well, I'm afraid they'll interact with my drugs or what are the side effects? So it's, it's very bizarre where people have not been educated about nutrients, they're, they're shy of them, whereas they think, well, drugs, everybody's using drugs. My doctor wouldn't give me these drugs unless um, he or she felt I needed them. So they'll take the drugs, they'll put up with all the side effects, they'll be afraid of magnesium. So I'll tell them, well, you've heard of Epsom salts baths. Your grandmother probably used them. The midwives used them. Start with some Epsom salts, you get from a drugstore, put one or two cups in in a warm to hot bath and soak in it for 30 minutes and see how you feel. If you can't get in the bathtub, do a foot soak and people start feeling better. In the with children, especially children with ADHD or autism, 
they take a bath every day. Put a half a cup to a cup in the child's bath and see how much better they sleep and their their irritability goes away. They're just milder in their whole affect. So you start there. The other forms, magnesium oxide, most of the early studies were done with that. Magnesium, it is extremely laxative. Only 4% is absorbed. And the rest, there are just so many. On... Uh, Amazon or one of the the um, websites of selling supplements recently, there's hundreds of magnesium products. What I find personally, with my heart palpitations and leg cramp, I got into a lot of magnesium research, and all the magnesiums tend to be laxative for some of us who who have some IBS symptoms or just a sensitive gut. And um, what I tell people, perhaps going for a magnesium citrate powder that you can put in warm water, just tap, just uh, plain water, room temperature water, and stir it up and sip it through the day. And in that way, you don't overload your cells with a lot of magnesium and then end up... um, having the laxative effect as the rest of the magnesium goes out through the intestines. That's a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> uh, and I love about the Epsom salts. And I, I know a lot of adults, they don't, they don't want to do a bath or they you know, don't have, quote, time to do a bath. But the foot soak yeah. is excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then are there other, like, any other forms of magnesium that you recommend? Well, I do have one myself, and thank you, thank you for asking. I I had the laxative effect so badly the past ten years uh, or ten years ago. I tried to find a company who would research and make a non-laxative magnesium, and they said, "Oh, it's too expensive," and then you have to educate the public on why it's better. So I finally found a chemist who would make me a concentrated magnesium, broken down into ionic form and stabilized. You see, when you get a a magnesium compound, my compound is magnesium chloride, it will go back and forth from the ion state to binding as a compound. So you get these little magnesium ions and chloride ions in any liquid solution, but they quickly bind up again. To stabilize the ions, then you have a real good chance of those stabilized magnesium ions of being absorbed into the cells, as I said, where the ions do their work. So yes, I have this product called Remag, R-E, capital M-A-G, that's having incredible effects. And it's helped me discover as people are able to saturate their bodies with magnesium to discover that, oh, you know, you're these 65 so-called medical conditions are really magnesium deficiency. And when you treat for magnesium deficiency and don't get sidewinded by this laxative effect, when you can treat fully, then, then people, they can get off their medications. They're, they're relieved of these symptoms. They're no longer a heart victim. It, it is, it's quite incredible. It is a huge breakthrough that... Most people won't learn about, except people on shows like your, yours, Dr. Carey. And, and thank you for inviting me so I can share this information. Thank you for 
um, explaining to us about your Remag product because I've had that happen with patients where I am 100% certain Mm. they need magnesium badly. And then I give them some magnesium glycinate or magnesium mm-hmm. citrate, and then they just have it start having diarrhea at the smallest doses. And I just think, well, that doesn't yep. make sense, you know? So at right. least now I've got another tool in my tool belt mm-hmm. uh, to use. And then also thinking about patients who already have diarrhea. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, when you're mentioning, when you tell them about, okay, take this magnesium, you can dose it to bowel tolerance. You mm. know, if you start having, yeah. if your diarrhea gets worse, you're taking too much. And then they're just like, my diarrhea could get worse. No, no, no. I don't <laughs> want to do that. And, yeah. uh, and you're like, but you have, in order to get better, like you have to do some of these things. Well, it's interesting. And you would know this. When, when you start using magnesiums, you do start detoxing your liver um, uh, P450 enzymes, they require magnesium. Um, The cells start dumping heavy metals. Uh, You start killing off yeast overgrowth. All these things will start happening when, when you take magnesium. So people just can kind of freak out when they think they're, quote, getting a little worse. And they're really not getting worse. It's like their body is waking up and trying to take care of these problems. And and we came to that point with, with the Remag. It's in a liquid form, and you can pet it in water and sip it through the day. But in some, some very, very kind of very toxic uh, cases, we created a Remag lotion product. And to bypass the the intestinal system entirely, the Remag lotion has really helped us uh, get through to to people and to children who don't want to take anything. So there's a way of putting it transdermally that can be very helpful as well. I'm so glad you mentioned about detoxification because mm-hmm. oftentimes people have this question about should they do a detox want what kind of detox should uh-huh. they do and then they're on these these crazy powdered gross tasting mm-hmm. powders and <laughs> and cr- gross herbs and it's just like mm-hmm. you, you could just start taking magnesium and vitamin c yes you could just do that because yeah. that's going to help a lot <laughs> with your liver detoxification it's like that simple absolutely when um I worked a lot with detoxification, uh, especially in the chronic fatigue AIDS work in New York. And we had to be very careful because um, if you do, for example, a, a liver detox, oftentimes viruses are kind of sequestered in the liver to protect the rest of the body. You start pushing the liver, you could release viruses. And people don't think about that. And when you do a harsh intestinal detoxification with cascara, etc., you you really do irritate the liver and can exacerbate a leaky gut. Um, saunas are good, as you say, gently with magnesium. Vitamin C is good. I also work uh, with uh, one of my products, um, methylated bees, along with sulfur-based amino acids 
one of which is methionine, which is a precursor to glutathione. Because I say give the body the building blocks for detoxification and let it choose when it wants to purge or gently purge rather than forcing yourself with these huge, huge systems of, of detox. So I've even written blogs called Too Toxic to Detox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're running a little bit low on time. Um, mm. In these last couple of minutes, I wanted to ask you about magnesium deficiency and how it relates to anxiety and depression. Oh, it's huge. Um, what happens is the adrenal glands are supported by magnesium and vitamin C. And when people become deficient in especially the magnesium, their adrenal glands kind of fire erratically. Low blood sugar can make your adrenals fire. And if you're having a low blood sugar hypoglycemic um, situation and your adrenals are firing, that can be misinterpreted as anxiety. Like when your blood sugar is low, your uh, adrenaline comes up to push your blood sugar up. And you don't know that's happening internally, but what you feel is your heart palpitating and, you know, feeling a bit sweaty with the adrenaline surge. So you're misdiagnosed as having an anxiety attack and put on drugs that you get addicted to and you have trouble getting off. It's a terrible cycle. Whereas if the doctor realized that any sort of anxiety may be treated with and should be treated with magnesium first people just start feeling calm they slow you know they they um, stop having the anxiety induced insomnia because here you are anxious during the day at night you can't sleep your heart's kind of beating too rapidly or you hear it magnesium is the best um, sleep quote medication there is so you've got something that gives you energy during the day and helps you sleep at night it does relieve anxiety and even depression um, magnesium is important to balance the serotonin the feel-good um, neurotransmitter in the body so it it works on so many levels i mean we just don't have time to go through them all Dr. Carolyn, you've given us so much great information today, and I know that we could speak for another hour or two about magnesium. (laughs) So um, with everything that we've spoken about today, is there anything else that you think is important in these last couple of minutes that we've not touched on? I'd like people to realize that they, they may not have a medical condition. You may be misdiagnosed with a disease condition that puts fear in your heart and and paralyzes you from from taking control. You you can start with magnesium, like we said, Epsom salts, magnesium citrate and water, sip it through the day, my remag, sip it through the day, and take control of your health. It is so heartening. I do have I have a radio show, a call-in radio show, to have people say I'm now in control of my health. It, it's just, it's so rewarding. And for, for people, they think their lives have been saved. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Carolyn, how can our listeners find out more about you? Right. Thank you. Um, I have several websites. drcarolyndean.com has my blogs. 
drcarolindeanlive.com has my radio show archives. My product site is rnareset.com. I have a ton of information. I just tell people sometimes, Google, Google your question in my name and you'll find it. And my book, Magnesium Miracle, it's on Amazon. The first edition had about 800 uh, testimonials or whatever they call them uh, on, <laughs> on Amazon reports on the book. The new edition, it's just... Um, came out in August, so it only has you know a few dozen testimonials, but people love the book. You you love having information that can help you and kind of to take you out of the hands of a medical establishment that that's just gone gone to the drugs. Dr. Carolyn, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has just been an awesome interview. Uh, thank you, Dr. Carey. And like I said, it, it's podcasts like yours that make it possible for us to get this very important information out there. Thank you. And mahalo and aloha. <laughs> All right. This wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Carolyn Dean. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carrie.